Father, you are good and worthy of our praise. Our praise is sweet. Our praise is sweet unto your ears, Lord. Oh, I just give you glory and honor and praise this morning. Oh, I lift you up, Father. Oh, I magnify you, Father. Oh, you are worthy of our praise. Oh, you are worthy of our praise. Oh, Father, I just give you thanksgiving this morning. Oh, I just am thankful for you this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Oh, you are worthy, Father. You are worthy, Father. You are worthy of all that we have to give. Oh, I just exalt you, Father. Jesus, you took my place on that cross. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You became the lamb that I could never be. paid a price that I could never pay. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in my heart. Thank you for your guidance and your mercy. Thank you for your comfort. Oh, Father, you are worthy of more than we can ever give, but we give all that we have, and we just ask you, Lord God, to just take it as sweetness under your ears. Thank you, Lord. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Glory to your mighty name. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, you are so merciful, so full of grace. You are righteousness. That the righteousness that I see in my life is you, Lord. It is all you. It is nothing that I've done. There is no work in my life that I can do that you haven't already done, that you haven't done before us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, Lord, Lord. You know, as I was sitting on my porch this morning, breakfast. I watched out and I saw the horses and the donkeys moving around the pasture. And about that time, the sky started cracking and moaning and all this storm was coming in. And I couldn't see it, but I could hear it because of the way our house faces the big trees. I couldn't see the dark clouds, but I knew it was coming. 
You know those horses, they walked around that pasture. They didn't think anything about it. They knew it wasn't there yet. It was coming, but it wasn't there yet. And I said, Lord, give me something for my people this morning. Give me something for your people. Give me something we can grab a hold of this morning. And uh, he told me to turn to Philippians 4. And it says, do not be anxious about anything. About anything. Not just some things. Anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Those horses don't worry about anything. They know that God's got them. We know that God's got us. God is good. God is good and worthy of our praise. So when we give him praise, we're giving him thanks for all that he's already done. Because it's done. There's nothing else for him to do. When he was seated at the right hand of God, glory to God. When Jesus sat down, it is done. It is done. Don't worry. Don't fret. That's the word the Lord gave me is don't fret. You're missing the journey. You're missing the journey. You're missing all those things. It's like going from here to California on an airplane. You don't see any of the things in between. I mean, I'm old enough to remember as a kid when you would make those trips and you stopped at every single place, every 10 miles, there was always something to see. You're missing the journey. Stop fretting. The Lord's got it. Who has ever added one day to their life because of the worry? Who's ever seen a tombstone that said, I just wish I'd have worried a little bit more? Right? Right? It's, I wish I wouldn't have worried. I wish I would have enjoyed my life because it was cut short. So enjoy your life. That's what the Lord's wanting me to tell you this morning is enjoy your life. Enjoy the journey and don't fret. Turn unto the Lord with prayer and supplication. Give to the Lord. That's what he's there for. He says, don't carry it on your back. Give it to me. Give it to me. God is good. God is good. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that I serve. All his riches are available to us. Oh. Oh, it's going to be a good day. The enemy made it rain just in time for you to get out of your car and come in the church. But we are in a sealed church. There's no rain falling in here unless it's the Holy Spirit. And I welcome him. And I welcome him. Come on, let it rain in here. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But let's keep the wet stuff outside. So we got a, we got a reason to rejoice, right? We got Because, I mean, we could be outside under the trees doing this. So, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Give him a shout of praise. All right, as you guys find your seats, make sure you give somebody a hug. Tell them you're glad to see them this morning. Even Bob.
I got to tell you, you're about the best looking group of churchgoers I think I've ever seen. If you agree, say amen. amen. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we would like to welcome everyone that's watching online. We are so glad you're with us this morning. And uh, we just pray that the Holy Spirit bless you where you're at by the words that you hear this morning. As we move into our offering, glory. There's Wade. Wade's in the house this morning. So who's glad we're giving offering? Oh, come on now. There you go. All right. Well, there are many ways that you can give this morning. Um, you can give with the envelopes on the seat backs in front of you. Put it in the buckets as they go by. Or you can uh, sign up for online giving and uh, just go to the, the giving tab on the lake-church.com. Or there's also text to give. Numbers right there. Text to give is amazing. And then there's also the new church app. I don't know if you guys have that or not. But that is so simple also. And so I'm all tech now. Yeah. And I know, I know you're looking at me going, well, yeah, I expected that. No, no. If you know me, I am not tech-oriented. But I have to give props. Whoever came up with the idea of a gift, you know, where an app where you can just hit one button, <laughs> praise God for that person. All right. Well, make sure you check in and share on Facebook Live. Um, we really want to create a real presence in Facebook. We need people to know who Lake Church is and who these crazy people are. All right, and don't forget the uh, Dominican Republican Tamale fundraiser, $25 for a dozen or $13 for a half a dozen. Pickup is June 19th, which is Father's Day, so make sure you sign up and pay in advance. Um, food Truck Sunday, Mexi Dogs. Who likes those Mexi Dogs? All right, they're going to be served after both services. Proceeds will go to the Youth uh, Dominican Republican Missions trip. And then don't forget also the Ladies Dominican Republican Mission fundraiser is in the commons also. we got to support it. I mean, the Lord has really put the Dominican Republic on our hearts, so let's really reach out and support that. And let's move forward with that, and let's really support what the Lord's doing. Because he's obviously doing something big down there. So let's, uh, let's jump in and be a part of that. So if you've got your offerings, let's hold those up and let's, uh, let's pray over those, whether it's your phone or whether it's an envelope or whether it's just in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. I just give you glory and honor and praise, Lord. I thank you for this offering, Lord. I thank you for this, this time of giving, this time of worship with our, our funds, Lord, that we work hard all week, Lord, and, and this is our opportunity to give our sacrifice unto you, Lord, that you are faithful, you are faithful and just to multiply what we give and give back to us so that we can give even more, so that we can be in effect into this world, Lord. Not with the world monetary system, Lord, but we give our monetary system to you and then you give back to us in form of, of blessings, Lord. And I just give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor Greg. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here. You know, as uh, I was looking out across the field, and, you know, I live out in the country as well, and I saw those dark clouds. I thought, you know, what the Lord was telling me, I just said, my goodness gracious, the enemy trying to come at the right time. Because, you know, storms are meant to keep you from going to places you're supposed to go. Amen. Yeah, that's, that's the purpose of, of, of storm, whether it's a storm 
physically or it's a storm in your body or it's a storm in your finances or it's a storm. It's meant to keep you from going to the other side. Amen. But thank God, Jesus has declared that we will go to the other side. Amen. And we believe that. Amen. And uh, we're going to go to the other side today with the teaching of the word. Amen. God is good. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 10 as we continue our teaching on seed time and harvest. And I've got so much to say today that it's going to take me two services to get it out. So I would encourage you, if you want to just stay along for the ride, to do so. If not, you know, just watch online as well because we're going to continue. I'm not going to do the same message. I may cover some of the same points just to get people caught up. But uh, we're going to go in uh, a, a full direction here for the next few moments we have together. So um, let's look at Proverbs chapter 10. Everybody's got there except for me. That's uh, always wonderful. Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, in verse number four, it says, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Okay? So basically what we're talking about is the laws that are governing seed time and harvest. And we shared with you some very instrumental and integral truths last week that seed time and harvest is how God operates in the earth. Um, as a pastor, um, I have the privilege of being able to help and, and minister to, to people in various seasons of their life. And one of the prevailing issues that I'm hearing coming out of the church today, not just this church, but the church, you know, community that we have here in, in Oklahoma and, and other states is why am I not seeing what I've been believing for and praying for or why am I not where I think I should be, okay? There's a lot of that going on, a lot of unrest, even accusatory. You never want to be accuse the Lord. That's never, you know, the Lord doesn't mind you asking questions. We just don't need to be accusative in our tone. That's disrespectful and dishonoring, and the Lord won't answer that. And sometimes there are things that we ask the Lord that we don't have the maturity level to receive the answer. And sometimes we misinterpret the silence as God, you know, turning a deaf ear to us when really... If you tried to explain the facts of life to a three-year-old, it doesn't matter what way you say it, they're not going to get it. They don't have the maturity level to be able to understand that. And there's a lot of us, myself included, that the Lord wants to reveal certain things to us. In fact, Karen and I, in our prayer time, and we, as we come together and we talk about what's going on in our life and prayer life, you know, there's just something we just sense that God wants to tell us something. But I'm just not in a mature position to be able to receive it right now. Amen? 
So it requires growth on my part. It requires me doing something rather than just waiting on God to do something. And that's where I see a lot of people, they're just waiting on God to just come into their living room as they're watching The View and come in and do something irrespective of them. Like it's just not going to matter, you know. If God wants it done, he's just going to go ahead and do it, you know. If he wants me to do this, you know, he'll make me do it. Or if he wants me healed, then I'll just go ahead and, and be healed. Or if he wants me to prosper, then, then I'll prosper if he wants me. But that's not the way the kingdom of God works. It's just not the way it works. We need to understand the law of seed, time, and harvest. There are people waiting on God to do something when God is waiting on them to do something. Just like if I wanted to grow, say, for instance, you know, I wanted to grow watermelons. And I don't have the land to be able to grow watermelons, so Kevin has 50 acres of land, and he says, you know what, I'll allow you to grow, you know, this, uh, these watermelons. I'll provide the seed. I'll provide the storage plate. I'll provide all of the, the, the equipment that you would need, all the fertilizer that you need. I'm going to give you everything that you need. Okay, he has given me everything I need. But I can sit around just like this one and I can not plant the seed, I cannot till the soil, I can do nothing and expect and sit there and expect watermelons by my intentions. And that's where a lot of people are at in their walk with the Lord. That's where a lot of people are at. Some people are sowing wrong seed. They're not even sowing in the right field. Amen. Hello. And you have to understand when it comes to seed time and harvest, you're responsible for the bookends of that statement. God is only responsible for the time. Because it's the middle in which he gives increase. You've got to sow the seed, and guess what? You've got to bring in the harvest. And some people let their harvest die out in the field. Have you ever seen, you know, crops that haven't been harvested, you know, and, and they begin to rot, and, and, you know, they begin to be open up to the pests and the pestilence and all this stuff? I mean, there are people that have spiritual harvests that are rotting on the vine because they won't go out and get it. They think God's going to put it in their barn. Hello. So we need to talk about these things. Amen. Because we can be lazy when it comes to seed time and harvest. We can be slothful when it comes to seed time and harvest. We can be neglectful when it comes to seed time and harvest. We can be asleep during seed time and harvest. See, it's important for us to understand that our whole life functions around this principle of seed time and harvest. Amen. Are you with me? Is it okay if I take my time? We'll get out of here about 3 o'clock. You know, that always gets a laugh, and it's the lamest joke in the world. You ought to be mad. No, I'm just kidding. You ought to be mad that I'm going to keep you here till 3. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to keep you here till 3. 
But I want to take my time to get this in your, because there's just too much complaining in the body of Christ. Too much whining and moaning. You know what? Whining is the opposite of worship. It's the exact opposite of worship. You get to whining, you are worshiping the problem. You are saying, my situation's bigger than God. And so every word I give to that and every thought I give to that is worship to that problem. Because my attention has stayed upon it, my focus has stayed upon it, and whining and worship are opposites. And there's just too much whining. People, well, I ain't got this, and I ain't got that. I ain't where I need to be, and this ain't. Listen, I'm going to get on to you today. Because it's time for us to shut up and grow up. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hello. We're whining and crying and, and crying about what the world's doing. The church is the most powerful organization on planet Earth. If God's going to do anything, he's going to do it through us. And we're upset about the world, you know. I, I remember the Lord woke me up in the morning. I almost put it as a tweet, but I was afraid I was going to get backlash. I was afraid of you. I was afraid. He told me this. I, he, he, said, uh, he said, many in the church are upset about cancel culture when they invented it. Well, that's pretty sharp, isn't it? I tell you what, see, the world is just mirroring what's going on in the church. Hello? The division, the strife, the whining, the complaining, the murmuring, the faithlessness, the lack of integrity, the lack of honor, it all starts here. Judgment begins where? Judgment begins where? See, the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. So God works within his church. He doesn't have anybody else coming. There's not any, you know, uh, special forces from heaven coming down to save us. Hello. We're here. We have the power. We've got the authority. We're the legislative assembly. We set the tone. We forgot that. Hello. And we cancel each other out. Come on now. Someone does something wrong. I got to say this. I got to say this. This isn't in my message, but I got to say this. Somebody does something wrong with the church. You know, out in the world and at your place of business, someone does wrong. Someone messes up. Oh, we just give them. That's all right, brother. You know, we, we care about you. We're, we forgive you. We move on. You know what? We're going to give you this second, third, fourth, fifth chance. Did you get in the church? Someone messes up, sins a different way than you sin. You want to cancel them. Hello? Somebody needs to hear this. And you're wondering why you ain't got no crops. You're wondering why you ain't got no harvest and you're not where. I'm not where I need to be. Well, you need to watch your mouth. You've been sowing seed, wrong seed. Jealousy, envy, strife, division. These things are rampant in the church. 
Hello, they're just rampant in the church. The rain is going to keep you here till you hear this. <laughs> but it's the truth. Well, they're canceling us. They're canceling me. They're, well, you've been doing it. Hulk. You don't understand seed time and harvest. See, this just shows me you don't understand what seed time and harvest is. Because you experience what you sow. Hello? Now, how do you cancel somebody? Well, I ain't never said anything. I didn't put anything on Facebook about them. No, but you disregard them. You dishonored them in your heart. See, intentions are seed. Did you know that? Intentions are seed. How many remember um, uh, Amalek in the Bible? The, the Amalek. He came and attacked uh, Israel as they were coming out of the promised land and came behind them and got the old people and the young people and began to kill them. Well, God took it very seriously. And in fact, he said, from this day forward, I, I will constantly be against Amalek and I will seek their total and utter annihilation. Okay, why? Because they sowed a seed. Now, did they kill all of Israel? No. They didn't. But God wanted them all wiped out and asked King Saul to do it. Okay? Because even though Amalek did not kill all of Israel, he intended to do it. Oh, get, get a hold of this. Get a hold of this because your intentions... Well, I don't listen to them anymore. Anytime they preach, I'm not going to be there, you know, because they messed up. Well, you better watch out. You're going to have some empty seats when you preach. That's for somebody in this room. Ain't nobody going to come hear you. Maybe I need Kevin to just come sing a song or something. I don't know. But it's the truth. Ain't nobody going to come hear you, see you. You ain't got the right heart. God's going to make sure you ain't going to get what you ain't. Listen, there's justice in the earth. You may, you may disagree with that, but there's justice in the earth, and it's called seed time and harvest. And although you may not see the results of it immediately, just like a crop that's put in the ground, it's going to come up. Jesus said it this way. He said, everything that is hidden will come out. And what is spoken in secret, oh, will be shouted from the rooftops. You got to understand that's seed time and harvest, friends. That is seed time and harvest. So that's the reason why we need to walk in the wisdom of the Lord. Amen. We need to walk in love towards one another. Amen. Be forgiving and gracious. Love covers a multitude of sins. We just doesn't need to be said to everybody. Well, I know what so-and-so did and I, you know, come on. And you're wondering why you're not where you want to be. You're wondering why you haven't broke out and broke through. You're wondering why you're not heeding of the good of the land. It's because you sowed seed that is bringing about a harvest 
that is keeping you from what God has ultimately for you. Amen. Okay. All right. You don't like that, but that's okay. Now let's look at, uh, let's move on. Some of you say, please. Genesis chapter eight. I'm going to lay some concepts on you that are going to change and revolutionize your life. And it's going to put the ability within your hands to be able to cooperate with God's system so that you can begin to see greater results in your life. How many want to see greater results in your life? Because seed time and harvest has to do with money. It has to do with health. It has to do with your business. It has to do with your relationships. The whole system runs on this principle. Every realm that you operate in as a spirit being with a soul living in a physical body operates in this principle. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Okay? How many ever planted a garden? You know that certain crops, they don't all come at the same time, do they? You know, there's some stuff that comes early. There's some stuff that comes midway. There's some stuff that comes at the end. Well, it's the same way with, with, with any kind of seed that you sow, whether it's the words of your mouth, the thoughts and intents of your soul, or the actions of your body. These are all seed. They're all seed. And those things will go into the unseen realm and bring something in the physical. Are you getting a hold of this? Okay. And, and I'm going to teach you how to pray for crop failure and, uh, and how to, because the Bible does give us that. Thank God for the cross of Calvary. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now notice this. This is right after um, Noah comes off of Mount Ariat out of the ark. And notice what God says in verse 22. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Okay? So that is God speaking that. That's not a climate control scientist, a climate change scientist. That's God. God says, as long as the earth remains, it's going to be seed time and harvest. Why? Because seed time and harvest, we're going to go back to the uh, first chapter of Genesis and the second chapter here in just a minute. But seed time and harvest is God's system. It's God's system in the earth. Okay? And uh, it's a system that is linked to Yahweh. We're going to show you, I'm going to show you this. It's linked to Yahweh, which is the personal name of God. Okay? So we need to understand that regardless of what people say on Fox and on CNN, God says, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest, and there's going to be cold, and there's going to be hot summers. Come on now. 
And there's going to be, you know, all these elements are day and night as long as the earth remains. Amen? Who created the earth? Then he knows what he's talking about. Is this his word? Then he says, this is what's going to be. So regardless of any of the fear-mongering that we have in our culture today and coming through our media, this is what the Word of God says. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to be irresponsible in our care of the stewardship of the earth because we were given as stewards over the earth. There's no, no problem with that. But we need to understand that we do not need to fall or capitulate to things that are contrary to what the Word of God states. There's not going to be summer year-round on the earth. And there's not going to be winter year-round on the earth. He said there's going to be summer and there's going to be winter and there's going to be seasons as, as long as the earth remains. And he says seed, time, and a harvest as long as the earth remains. So this system is here to stay. Whether you like it or not, whether you're using it or not, whether you're deliberately sowing seed and seeing good harvest coming, or whether you're just totally oblivious and unaware and feel like a victim. Seed time and harvest. Victimization is of the devil. You were never created to be victimized. Amen. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, let's look at verse number 29, I believe. It says, And God said, Behold. That word behold is a very important word. Jesus used this same word. And it means take a look. Don't, don't put your attention on anything else. Behold. You know, it's like in the game show. Behold, a new car, you know, and everybody's focus goes over to the car. This is exactly the same idea. God says, behold, he's showing, showing man, behold. Notice what he says. I have given you every plant yielding what? Seed. What? Seed. That is on the face of all the earth and every tree with what? Seed. In its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. So here is the principle. We've got to understand that there's a correlation between the physical and the spiritual. The spiritual is always the parent of the physical. Now, we get it turned around a lot to where we think that it is the physical that's the parent to the spiritual. That is not true. The spirit is the parent to the physical. The physical realm is a temporal realm. The spiritual realm is an unchanging, eternal realm. You have to understand that. So any seed that I sow in this temporal realm goes into the eternal realm and then pops back as a harvest in the temporal realm. But what is he saying to uh, Adam here? 
He's saying that everything I've given you has a seed in it. Amen? Now I can see. I thought there was just five people here. All right. It's nice to see all these beautiful faces here. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So he says, everything that I give you has a seed. Now that's not just true of fruit, and that's not just true of any kind of uh, a vegetable, but it's true of everything. Okay? The money in your pocket has seed in it. Your time has seed in it. Your involvement and attitude has seed in it. Your words have seed in it. So he's basically saying, I have given the power of perpetuity within everything that I've given you. So that means the way to sustain something is to realize that there's always a seed within that something that can be applied back into the system to grow the same thing and not just one of the same thing, but multiples of it. Do you understand that? Are you getting a hold of this? Okay. Now drop down to the second chapter. The second chapter and uh, starting with, um, let's see here, verse 3. Well, let's look at verse 4. It says, these are the generations of the heaven, heavens, notice that is plural, and the earth when they were created in the day, notice this, the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, there's a reason, if you have an authorized version or an authorized translation, there's a reason that when we go to Genesis 1-1 and it says, in the beginning God, G-O-D, God, capital G, lowercase o, lowercase d. That is the word Elohim. But when we get into the second chapter, we get introduced to another, remember, Elohim is God collectively in his triunity. Okay, it, it describes him as a spirit being in three persons, Elohim. Okay, um, now in the second chapter, we're introduced to another person of God called the Lord God. Okay, now anytime you see this in the scripture, it's going to be capitalized. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Okay? This is not Elohim. This is Yahweh. Okay? This is Yahweh. This is the personal name of God in regards to our redemption and in regards to our relationship. And in fact, when it comes to the creation of the heavens and the earth, God, Elohim, created that. But when it comes to the system of the earth, oh, come on, get a hold. When it comes to the system of the earth, Yahweh is the one who operates the laws of seed time and harvest. Okay? All right? Do you understand that? Okay, you're getting a hold of that. Okay, so anytime I see God doing anything in the earth, in the Old Testament, it is never G-O-D. 
It is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. This will just open the Old Testament to you. In fact, when the prophets spoke, how did they speak? God said. No, they never said that. The word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh. See, when it comes to pronouncing judgment, it was Yahweh. Now, it's not just talking about Yahweh as a person. It's also talking about Yahweh as a system. Do you understand that? That when it comes to judgment in the earth and seed time and harvest, it isn't that God and heaven are bustling, wondering why you did what you did and what they're going to do about what you did. They're not up there sitting there and wondering what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. They're not wondering what's going on with China. There's a system that's in place by Yahweh called seed time and harvest. And God deals with nations according to seed time and harvest. He deals with you according to seed time and harvest. And listen, even the world, everyone that's born in the world, they may look good on their social media posts. They may look like they got the world by the tail, but seed time and harvest governs their life just like it governs yours. The great thing that Jesus has done for us is that he's given us the ability to change our seed. Now notice this. Okay, he creates Adam out of the dust of the ground, molds him. He uh, basically, the, the Hebrew talks about how that basically the, what the Hebrew shares is that God... Lord God put his face in the earth, imprinted his body in the earth, and then created man to where when angels looked at what he was making, they would say, that's a statue of him. Oh, you didn't get that. That's a statue of him. He's making something out of his own image. It says that God in the Hebrew stretched out his arms, laid on top of his creation, Adam, fingertip to fingertip, nose to nose, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, and laid across him and breathed the breath of lives into him. And the reason why he did that was because man was to see what God sees, hear what God hears, say what God says, Touch what God touches and walks in what God walks in. To be as close to God without being God. Do you understand that? To be as close in image and likeness to God without being God themselves. Because we're not God. Amen? We're made in the image and the likeness of God. Okay? So he breathes the breath of lives into him. And now he begins to school him. Now notice this, verse 9. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He talks about a river flowing out of Eden. and He talks about that. But then he dropped down to verse number 16. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, 
You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay? Now notice that. So he said, here's the system. I've given you all these trees. I've given you all this system. The way you perpetuate the system isn't that I'm going to make more apples. I'm not going to make any more apples. I'm not going to make any more animals. I'm not going to make anything. I have provided the total environment for you to be sustained and to flourish and to thrive and to take dominion of. I have given it to you. God's not making any more cows. God's not making, he's not creating any more water. There's absolutely nothing that God, God's creation is absolutely perfect. He said at the end of it, he said, it is very good. But he says to the man, listen, for you to be able to sustain and thrive this thing and grow this thing out to where it inhabits the whole land, you're going to have to use the principle of seed time and harvest. He said, I've given you all these. You can eat of anything that you want to, but this tree, you do not eat of it because in the day that you eat of it, you will, and this is what the Hebrew says, you will die, die. Now, the emphasis is death and the fact that disobedience is a seed that brings about death. He's putting this within the concept of man to understand the system. The wages of sin is what? Rebellion brings death. Disobedience brings death. And it doesn't bring just death like we experience in the physical. It brings about, you see, a, a quality of life that is death. Now, that seems like an oxymoron, but, but it is. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a, a existence of death. It's the essence and power and, and presence of death within a living organism. Because he uses the word die, die, which means that it's not just a physical death, but that it is a spiritual death. Hello. See, Adam would first die spiritually he would progressively die in his soul and then he would eventually die in his body. Do you understand that? Jesus came to redeem us from all those deaths. Did you know that? Because if you look at Isaiah 53, don't, don't just take my word for it. Let's, let's look over there. Isaiah 53. I told you I was going to take my time. Is that all right? These are concepts we need to talk about. Isaiah 53. In verse number 9. Talking about Jesus, because this is the great redemptive chapter of the gospel of Isaiah, is what I like to say, because it is the gospel message. It says, talking of Jesus, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man, talking about Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, in his death. Now, in the Hebrew, that is not singular. That is plural. In his deaths. 
So the cross was a work of God that basically did exactly what happened to Adam when he partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Jesus hung on a tree. Oh, you're not getting this. He hung on a tree and he died. Now, God cannot die. The man Jesus, the human part of Jesus died. Do you see what I'm saying? You can't put God in hell. You can't put God in the tomb. Amen. Death can't hold him. But because he was our substitute and had to be touched with all the feelings and infirmities that you and I go for, and he was exactly like us, his human spirit died. His soul was ravaged, represented by the crown of thorns. And then he was executed and eventually died physically. But on the third day, I said on the third day, he was raised from the dead, never to die again. Amen? And because he lives, we live. Amen? Okay. So notice that, that he says, in dying, you're going to die. In dying, thou shalt die, is what the actual, you know, translation in, in, the, in the Hebrew says. Notice that it is deaths in different dimensions. Are you with me? So that shows that my seed goes into different dimensions. You may think you're getting away with stuff. That's very, very wrong thinking. Well, I'm getting away with it. No one sees. No one sees what I'm doing. No, there's a whole other dimension that sees what you'd be doing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you going to go into eternity blushing? <laughs> Hello. The greatest reunion you're ever going to have when you pass from this life ain't going to be with mama. Ain't going to be with daddy and grandpa. It's going to be with your angel. Because they've been with you since you've been born. And they were, have been your aid and they have been your person that has consistently helped you. And, and seen you through tough times and helped you and strengthened you and gave you wisdom and harvested what you had harvested in the kingdom and brought it to you. That's their job. That's what they're called. They're called harvesters. I mean, you think about the stories that you're going to be able to talk with one another. He's going to be able to show you what was going on in the realm you couldn't see. What a glorious time. You probably spend years talking to your angel, and you probably will. Amen? But notice this is a system. This works in the physical realm. Okay? We all know this in the physical realm. You can dig into this earth. You can take a seed that you want to see, come up. You can put it in the unseen, cover it over, and then over a process of time, you're going to see it spring forth. You're going to be able to eat it. Inside it is going to be another seed that you can put in the ground, and it'll grow not just one, but it'll grow multiples of the bell pepper you're eating, the tomato that you're eating, whatever it may be. That's a principle. That 
not only talks about the physical realm of food, but it also talks about finances, actions, service, attitudes. They're all like this. Are you getting the picture? They're all like this. Okay? So you've got two seed bins that operate in your life right now. Because right now you live in a physical body. And the physical body is not redeemed yet. So it is immersed in the system of the world, the world system. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So it has to be subjugated and brought under rule by your spirit. It cannot do what it wants to do. If you allow it to do, it will sow all kinds of seed you do not want sown in your life. Your flesh does not care. It will scatter seed all over the place. And it's nothing but thorns and thistles and cockleberries and goat heads and whatever you might want, you know, not want in your life. That's what the flesh is going to bring in your life. And that's exactly what happened in Genesis 3. Remember the judgment that came upon Adam because he had transgressed. He said this. He said, you were called to be a gardener to cultivate this garden. Now your garden isn't going to work like it was supposed to work. Now that's not just true physically. That's true in here. Because the life of God had left him, his physical garden does not work right. Because of the nature of sin and the nature of the flesh, we sow seeds that bring about weeds and thorns and thistles. Are you understanding this? But Jesus came. To change the soil of the human heart and to give us the seed of his word to plant a different crop to bring about life and life more abundantly. But there are people complaining that they're not experiencing this life more abundant and it's because they're not at work in their garden. Because the land is going to produce. I mean, we used to lay fence, you know, for cows and horses out here in, in, in the back 40. You can take a steel post. You can nail it into the ground or use a, you know, driver, <laughs> post hole driver our postal digger and then whatever. You put that in there. If you pull it up, you know, because we've had to pull up fence, expand it, whatever, replace the post, you get to the bottom of it, it's always wet, isn't it? You want to know why? Because the system of Yahweh is always about life. And whatever you stick in it, he's going to try to make it grow. You can take a stick and put it in the ground. Just stab it in the ground and leave it there. You pull it up, it's going to try to make something out of that. 
because the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself. Jesus said that. Do you remember Jesus said that? He said, the earth bringeth forth fruit. So whatever I put, I remember uh, Mimi, she went to uh, um, Herbal Affair or something, some, well, that girl stuff. <laughs> and uh, they were giving away pine trees and what was it, Karen, or the other tree? Uh, dogwoods. Okay, they were giving away dogwoods. And so she had a you know, a little bucket, and she had all these trees in there. And she was kind of putting it off, you know, where, you know, her brother was there, and he was saying, let's go plant those trees. And she was saying, well, I don't know if I want to do it. She was kind of melancholy about it. And this is what he said, and it went all in me. This is what Karen's uncle said. He said, if you wanted to grow, stick it in the ground. Oh, you're not, you're, you're not hearing me. If you want it to grow, stick it in the ground. It isn't going to do you any good in the bucket. It's not going to do any good in your wallet. Oh, you didn't get that. You didn't get that. It ain't going to do you any good. You stick it in the ground. The system is a life system. There's life in the system. God created the world. It is created by him. Therefore, it has that life in it. So anything I put in the system, God is going to energize and bring his life to, and he's going to cause it to begin to grow. Even artificial stuff, he will try, the system will try to make that post grow, even though it won't happen because it's not the material that is in, you know, to be used in that system. But yet, because it's created to bring forth life, and oh, you guys, oh, I tell you what, there's people getting healed right now. Don't even know it. Don't even know it in their body because they need to understand that God is the God of life. He is not the God of death. Okay. All right. Let's look at this. Romans. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm trying, Lord. Lord, help us, amen? amen, to get a hold of this. Notice this. You've got two seed bins. You've got two seed bins. And the quality of your life is dependent on which seed bin you're sowing. Hello. Let me say that again. The quality of your life right now is based upon what seed you're sowing in your life. Amen. Get a hold of that. Stop being a victim. Start take personal responsibility for the words you speak and the actions that you do. That's the whole reason you got the fruit of the Spirit is to be able to walk in that. To grow up and be like Christ because the more I'm like Christ, the better seed I'm going to sow. Are you with me? More I become like his nature, I allow his nature. Guess what? My seed's going to be different. Where there was once strife, where there was once, you know, division and hatred can now be love and forgiveness and patience and virtuous things. 
The fruit of the Spirit has to be cultivated. It's not automatic. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, but that doesn't necessarily mean we yield to it all the time. It doesn't mean we're eating the good of the land all the time. We have two different seed bins. I'm going to introduce you to them, all right? Let's look at 14, I believe. Well, no, let's look at um, 7. I believe it's 16. He says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me. Now, he qualifies that because that's not necessarily an absolute true statement. He qualifies this by saying, that is in my flesh. So what the Apostle Paul is telling us is that there's nothing good in your flesh. Oh, how we pamper and cater to the flesh. How we rule our life by the flesh. And there's nothing good come out of it. Now, he's not talking about your soma, which is the Greek word for your body. He's not talking about, you know, your body's a good thing. It's good to have a kidney. It's good to have a heart. It's good to have lungs. It's good to have muscles. It's good to be able to walk and talk. He's not talking about your body, your body necessarily in itself. He's talking about sarks, S-A-R-X, and it's the nature of the flesh. He says the nature of the flesh has nothing good. In fact, when the flesh does something that is perceived on this surface to be good, there's always something rotten that has motivated it. Sarks is where witchcraft comes from. Sarks is where manipulation and domination come from. Sarks is where deception comes from. Sarks is where all of these little things that we sow this wrong seed. Hello. See, you've got to start seeing your spouse as a garden. And you say, you know what? I'd really like, you know, to see this crop grow in my spouse's life towards me. Well, what do I do? Do I demand that they grow it? <laughs> I demand you to change. This is what we're saying. You need to change. <laughs> How futile is that? How absolutely futile is that? Hello? No, you need to start first with the seed that you're sowing. And I've had people come to me and say, you know, all week I did exactly what you said, Pastor. I was nice. I went and got flowers and I did all this stuff and it, nothing's changed yet. That's like a farmer saying, I went out and I tilled the land and I put some seed in the ground and it's been one week and I do not see any corn Whine, cry, moan, because you don't understand this. Hello, if you're getting stress and strife in your relationship, you're sowing it. Oh, 
gosh, we don't like that. We, we don't like that at all. I'm the victim. This is what we want to say. I'm the victim. I'm the one being abused. Really? See, if you get in that victimization in any area of your life, you are absolutely being dominated by the enemy and you will never get out of it if you don't understand that seed time and harvest is the way out. If you do what you've always done, you're going to have what you always had. If you don't change your seed, if you don't use faith in your seed, faith in the time, and faith in the harvest, you're not getting anywhere because your whole life is based upon seed time and harvest. You're a product of seed time and harvest. Did you know that? You were partly a seed that was planted in the soil and was brought forth physically. Amen? What you're wearing is seed time and harvest. All the materials that we operate in this physical world is based upon what? Seed, time, and harvest. And we think we can violate those laws? Okay, all right. Now, here's the other. Because notice, he did not say that there wasn't anything good. He said, that is in my flesh. So when I yield to the flesh, when I yield to my, when my emotions, yield to the sarks, the nature of the flesh, I mean, no good thing comes out of my mouth. Hello? I mean, I'm, I'm either lying or, or I'm griping or I'm moaning or I'm manipulating, saying nice things to get something. I might say good things, but they're manipulative words that aren't steeped in truth. Oh, come on. All right. Just, just a few more minutes. All right. Is that all right? You guys are saying, I can't wait to get out of here. All right. Let's go to Philemon. Philemon. Philemon in verse number six. Philemon six. Paul says, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. So that tells me this, because I'm born again, I no longer have just the Sark's seed bag because God dwells on the inside of me and I'm a new creation. I now have good things that are in me. And the whole crux of being able to operate in a different harvest is getting to distribute from this seed bag. Because when I yield, now, now let's go over to Romans 8. 
Romans 8. Basically, he tells us, okay, when you look at the Scripture, the, the Scripture is always about twos. We were introduced to two trees, tree of life, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right? Two trees. All right? When we go into the book of Proverbs, where basically the book of Proverbs is the greatest uh, example of seed time and harvest, because it just basically says pride, the seed of pride will bring the harvest of lowliness. You see what I'm saying? Over and over it says a talebearer will bring this. If you sow this seed, this is going to come up. If you sow that seed, this is going to come up. And the Bible's filled with these things. Okay? The hand of the diligent, diligence makes what? Rich. I plant diligence, I receive rich. Come on now. That's the seed time and harvest. And over and over, this will open the Bible to you. Because you'll see that over and over, God shows you the proper seed. He gives you the proper harvest. And he also shows you the improper seed and the wrong harvest. The hand of the diligent makes rich, but the slothful tends only to poverty. So we see, you know, diligence, rich, slothfulness, poverty. Those are principles. You can't bypass them. They're going to work. They're laws. And in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul shows us the two trees again. In the book of Proverbs, the two trees are God's wisdom and human wisdom. God's wisdom helped him create this world. Man's wisdom is known as the adulterous woman. They're both women in the Scripture. They're both characterized as women. Every time in the book of Proverbs it says, wisdom utters from her, always talks about her being a woman. Okay? But then we're introduced to another woman, which is the adulterous woman. Well, that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, okay. Then the apostle Paul brings it here. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, tree of life. Come on. Has set me free from what? The law of sin and of death, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Notice that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the law of of sin, the seed, the harvest of what? Death. Okay? Now drop down to verse number five. It says, for those who live according to the sarks, S-A-R-X. Okay? <laughs> All right. Set their minds on the things of the sarks. That shows you you're, you're, you're operating out of that seed bag. Everything's about emotions with you. Well, I feel this way. Well, that's exactly what, the, what the, uh, the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to feel a certain way because he wants you. Okay. Oh, I got to go. I shared this before. I'm going to use Patrick again. Patrick, come on up here. Okay. 
Patrick's a born-again believer, filled with the Spirit of God, tongue talker, loves God. And the enemy can't touch him. I can't touch him directly. I'm the enemy. I can't touch him directly. I can't. I'm a legalist. So that means that I can only do things in his life based upon legal means. Notice that Satan is a fallen angel. That means he's a harvester. Oh, get a hold of this. He's a harvester. So what he does, what angels do, is the seed Patrick sows with his words, with his intentions, with his actions, with his attitudes, builds a harvest in the unseen realm. Angels get that harvest and bring it to him. That's the reason why the book of Hebrews says that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to assist the heirs of salvation. So when he tithes, when he gives, when, when he uh, helps others and stuff, the, it builds a harvest and the angels get it and they bring it to him. And in fact, many times in the scripture, you will see angels strengthening. Okay, they will bring strength. Okay, illumination, revelation. Okay, but Satan and fallen angels are also harvesters. And in fact, we see this in the book of Job in the second chapter. They're there to get Job's harvest. He's been sowing in fear. He's been fearful over his children. He's not sacrificing in faith. I want his harvest. And God says, listen, you can take you, the due harvest because Yahweh is about justice. Come on now. It doesn't, doesn't matter. He's about justice. Doesn't matter necessarily how good you are or what a good old boy you are. Yahweh's about justice. And if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, if you've got resentment and bitterness in your heart, that's, that, that's going to create a harvest. And God, you know, even though it's not his desire or his will for that harvest to come into your life, it is his will that justice be done in the, oh, you, are you getting hold? It is his will that justice be done in the earth because he's a righteous, just God. Yeah. It's not like he's up there saying, I'm, I'm mad, you know, at, at the brewers. I'm going to, that's not the way it works. God is not mad at you. God loves you. God's given the very best for you. But he can't deny himself. The wages of sin is death. For the unbeliever, for the believer. You sow sin, you're going to receive death. It doesn't matter if you're born again, your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You speak junk, you're going to reap junk. You, you know, you think junk, you're going to reap junk. You do junk, you're going to get junk. All three realms. The only way I can get a hold of this man is I have to do something to get him to change his seed. 
If I can change his seed, if I can change what's coming out of his mouth, if I can change his actions, if I can change his disposition and his attitude, then it's going to give me legal right to be able to give certain things to him because he's going to be in a realm of deception in which he's going to receive. See, I can't make him go and touch that Bible. I can't go here and forcefully take him in there like I can physically. Satan can't do that to you. You're sealed. What he does is he begins to use deception and begins to use uh, temporal circumstances to get Patrick to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to speak a certain way that brings about a harvest where I can begin to manipulate, control, and begin to do things in his life. Because in this, there dwells no good thing. That's the reason why I have to keep it under. That's the reason why I always have to, well, you can sit down, watch, watch what, come on. But if I tap into the seed man of the spirit, he says, for they that mind the things of the spirit, I'm going to reap. Oh, come on now. See, you're, hello. I'm not talking about your faith towards others. I'm not talking about you believing God for others. I'm talking about you, your garden, because you can't work on any, anybody's garden. You can't go work on anybody's garden. You can't go into your neighbor or your brother or anything and go work in their garden. You can assist them in cultivating right seed, but you can't work in that garden. And you don't know what's going on in someone's garden. You don't have any clue. Now, you'll see some fruit of it, you know, you'll see some fruit of it, but you don't know what's going on there. You don't know the weather that's going on on the inside of somebody. They can put a smile on their face and actually be going through hell on the inside. So people, you know, getting upset because God didn't do this in regards to someone else. You don't know what was in that garden. You don't have any clue. Well, I prayed and they died. Well, I don't know. You don't know what garden they had. You were, you were, you were helping and assisting and you were, you know, helping them cultivate seed and cultivate, you know, the right thing. Give them some gardening tips, but you can't garden for them. Well, I use this tool and this really helped me. That's all you can do. But you can't get in their garden and start hoeing and I'm going to get this right for you. I'm going to. There's people here, they're heartbroken. They're heartbroken because they weren't able to fix a garden. That wasn't theirs. Hello. You can't fix my garden. Oh, come on. Listen to this. Listen to this. Well, listen to what James says. I'm going to close with this, all right? This is my fifth closing. I'm going to close with this. It says, is anybody merry? Let him sing. Hello? Is anybody afflicted? 
Let him pray. It doesn't say this. It doesn't say, ask for prayer on the prayer chain. Pastor, would you pray for me? Well, what's wrong with you? Hello, what's wrong with you? You can't pray? You know, I got to pray about stuff too. You're going to add to, you're going to add to my list. You know, you're going to add to my list. You know, pray for me. Oh, pray for you while you're watching television. And you're wanting your garden to be lush like other people. And you ain't going to put the work in. You're going to sow Baywatch. You know, you're going to sow, you know, come on now. Happy Days Marathon, whatever. I don't know. I'm old. Hello. Just sow that stuff in there and wonder why. You just got all this crap growing up in your life. Pray for me. No, you get in your garden. Is anyone afflicted? Let him pray. Hello. Let him pray. You have a prayer life. Prayer is how you work in your garden. Did you know that? Prayer is how you work in your garden. Getting in the word, getting in that seed right there is how you work in your garden. The more seed you bring in, the more... Okay, all right. I've overstayed my welcome, I can tell. <laughs> I'm trying to save you. Amen. A whole lot of problems, a whole lot of trouble. There's people stressed, people wondering why things aren't happening for them, and they're not understanding that you not have to sow seed, but you also have to bring in the harvest. Sometimes we sow seed, we wait the time, and then the harvest comes, we don't even recognize it. Because harvest can be an opportunity. It can be something that just presents itself that it's masked to you. You don't really know what it is. You know, it might be a connection. It might be some situation that opens itself up. You've got to be able to have the strength to be able to get the harvest in. Amen. So I'm going to continue on. If you want more, there's plenty more where this is. I believe this is revolutionary. Because now we understand how certain things work in the earth. You see, God put grace in that time. Did you know that? He likes to put grace in that time. And that's the reason why when you sin and go through something, you don't immediately get, you know, slapped. You don't immediately get... Because God has ordained that grace can bring repentance. And repentance changes your harvest. Amen. The devil's been growing something in your life, growing up some, you know, bitterness in there. He's really cultivating. He's smelling it. Oh, that's looking good. That's looking nice and green. I really like that. And then you repent and forgive that person. What happens to his crop dries up. Yeah. Hello. 
Hello? I, I'm, I'm hearing in my spirit there's people that say, I'm so misunderstood. I'm so misunderstood. Well, you've sowed misunderstanding. Someone came to you and wanted to be understood, and you, you didn't give them the same grace. Hello? I wish they were more gracious to me. Well, you're not gracious. You're judgmental and critical and, won't, you know, telling people the what for. Come on now. You know, wonder. Guys, it's simple. It's simple stuff. I know it's Sesame Street, but here we are in our own cages. We're all in our own cages because of the words that we speak, the actions that we do, and the attitudes that we have. And what the enemy does is he doesn't do anything new because he can't create anything new. He just uses the system God already... Oh, please get a hold of it. He uses the system already in place. Amen? Now, we're going to have people that are up here that are going to help you if you need to be born again, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. If you need some crop failure, they'll help you. If you need healing in your body, you need deliverance, they're going to be up here. So I'm going to close out with prayer. They're going to be up here. Don't leave without your needs met. They're going to be up here to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you so much. We ask, Father God, for wisdom to be able to operate in seed time and harvest. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You're